everyone, welcome to the Unwanted Critics Podcast. Um, my name is Gabe Davidson. I'm Zach Carter. And uh, the name of our podcast is coming from the fact that we are two broke college students with not a lot of qualifications for anything. Um, yet here we are um, critiquing and reviewing uh, the new HBO Max show, The Last of Us. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna go through um, the first episode and we'll do each episode um, one at a time and we're just gonna review it, give our own opinions and point out any things that we, uh, we noticed. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, so the first episode opens with um, a 60s talk show host um, talking with some scientists about um, some diseases, uh, more specifically viral diseases and bacterial diseases. Um, and this is something that we can kind of relate to with COVID kind of happening. Right. Um, so we kind of have the base understanding of like the severity of like an epidemic uh, or a pandemic in our case. Um, and all the audience members seem to just be like not concerned about this at all. Right. Um, but the more that they talk about it, um, one scientist is talking about viral things and then the other one starts to bring up um, this idea of like a bacterial like fungus um, that spreads through ants, um, which is a, a funny thing because it's real. Like I've seen pictures of it. Um, they're referred to as like zombie ants. Um, and they're crazy looking. They look just like the um, like the tendrils and the spores or whatever the spread uh, that's in this show um, that make these people like zombies. Um, it's a really hard thing to pronounce, um, so I'm going to try, but it's called Ophiocordyceps unilateralis. Um, that's the scientific term for this uh, fungal disease that is planted in these ants. And the crazy thing is, uh, is the fact that when this like bacteria, this fungal bacteria is put inside of these ants, the ants will eventually die and the like fungus continues to like control their bodies. It just takes over it. Yeah, it's kind of scary and it's reflected in um, these people that are affected by uh, this outbreak in this show. Um, so that is kind of crazy. Um, but for me, I think that's most of what I noticed in this opening. Well, um, when I watched it with my friend, we both noticed the audience when they showed it, they all were focused in like they were zombies. Like there was yeah. no emotion, nothing. We were both like, that is trippy. And then the host, he's making just jokes about it. Yeah. Not like you said, they're not concerned about it. And so like, he's just making jokes, cracking up. And the guy, the scientist, he is like very concerned about it. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that if something changes with the virus and it does take over humans, like they lose, like yeah, we're, we're that's done right. for. That's exactly what he said at the end. He said, so what, like what happens if this happens? He said, we lose. And then the talk show host, like you said, all the jokes stop right there. He right. gets really serious. Um, and then from that point, they move into uh, the, um, the title opening for the show, um, which is pretty cool. Um, it's like the spread of this like fungus disease um, all over the ground, uh, just like you end up seeing in the show. Um, and that fungus kind of starts to create like a cityscape, which will reflect like, you know, the Chicago area that um, the beginning of the show is based in. And then it also creates a like bird's eye view of an outline of America. Um, and that makes me think of like 
the pictures you see in space of like all of the lights lit up at nighttime right. of America. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then it also in at the very end of it, it grows like two um, like two spores, and one of them is a little taller than the other, and so it reflects the two main characters, Joel and Ellie. It's um, foreshadowing the adventure. Yeah, that that the two of them are going on. Um, and also, if we haven't mentioned it, this show is based off of a video game um, that came out a while ago. I can't remember the exact year, um, but I played through this, uh, the majority of it when I was younger, um, but I barely remember it, so this show has been a fun refresher. I think it came out in 2013. I gotcha. think I remember seeing that. Yeah. So um, now as the show continues, we're introduced to uh, Joel and his daughter, Sarah, uh, as well as um, I think his brother um, Tommy um, and uh, it's Joel's birthday um, which what a sucky birthday to have right? um, I guess it kind of folds into like rolls into the other night or like the next day because like by the time all the outbreaks starts to happen um, it's probably another day um, but um, basically in the morning we see um, Sarah trying to celebrate um, Joel's birthday and um, she's trying to make him breakfast and uh, she's got all of these plans um, to celebrate the day with him and he is very focused on um, work and not celebrating his birthday which is very similar to the game um, a lot of the part of the show that we get to see um, is almost like frame for frame or like exact dialogue to match what's happening in the game it's an exact shot for shot yeah. of the game it looks really really good and extremely well done and I think it's also a little bit of like do well do credit to like the game developers to show that like while they're not like film directors or anything they do a very good job of like writing and creating like such a beautiful story yeah um, that like they didn't even have to change some of this stuff mm -hmm. um, so that was really cool um, which those are sometimes like the best adaptations like if like if it's a book or a game and they're trying to make like a TV show or like a movie out of it they will just like use every word from the original source material mm -hmm. and that's what people like really yeah. like they don't want anything changed they don't want like they will change small details but mm -hmm. like not like too much of it because it will take away like the story or the yeah. like plot of it yeah and it, the cool thing is we've seen like video games being turned into shows or movies done terribly oh like sure. you know you look at like assassin's creed and like all these attempts <laughs> at like well i've heard the halo tv series that came out was good i heard it was i did eh. i didn't watch it but i'm sure that it had its good parts but um like just in so many ways you see video games you know changing into movies and shows and you desire for them to be so good right um and so many times they just end up flopping um so i'm glad to see that someone's been able to do it well um and I'm also hoping that I don't know if you've played this game, but there's a game called Ghost of Tsushima, and it's a like old like Japanese samurai game. It's oh. really really cool, and it's in my opinion one of the best video games I've ever played. It's like top three for me. Um, and they're talking about making it into a movie, and the same uh, writer who like created the whole storyline for the game is supposed to be helping direct the movie. Oh wow! So. Hopefully that'll be good as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm thankful that this has been a, a good adaptation. Um, but back to the opening of this. Now we're, uh, you know, we're following Sarah through um, her day as Joel has gone to work, and she goes and you know she gets the money and she gets his watch. 
um, because we see him, you know, slapping his wrist at one point in the uh, the episode, trying to check the time, um, and uh, so she knows that's something that uh, means um, near and dear to him, and so she goes to get that and to get it fixed, um, and then we see her leaving with uh, Joel, and um, they talk to their neighbors a little bit, and we see this creepy old lady. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do not like her at all. And I know some people think like old people are like so sweet and so cute, but like at a certain point, it was just, I think you kind of knew it was coming, like right. eventually for her to be like infected or whatever. Especially because, like, if you know the concept of this show before you get into it, you're, like, looking for any sort of, like, zombie-type stuff you can find or, like, people that are sick. So seeing this old lady not in good health was, like, definitely some foreshadowing. And I'm going to be honest. Old people already kind of creep me out a little yeah. bit. Like, I don't know why. And the fact that, like, later on, like, she does, like something happens yeah. to them, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, that, it just makes it ten times worse. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's she's definitely creepy. Um, but we see them pull off uh, in their car, um, and on the back uh, they have this bumper sticker that says uh, they're um, Desert Storm veterans, or one of them was. I don't know that both Joel and his brother were, but we can gather that at least one of them was. And if, if Joel wasn't, Joel is about that action because dude is insane. He does some crazy right. stuff. Um, but then we cut to um, Sarah in school, um, and there are nods to like the year it's taking place in 2003 yeah and so like you can see little nods to it like on the wall there's President Bush yeah. like uh, the desert storm like everything that's taking place like it's all like nods to 2003 to let you know like hey this is when it's taking place yeah so. they do a cool little um, nod to the game as well like Sarah's shirt is the same shirt that she wore in the game but they changed the date to like the 2002 tour and then they have all of the, um, on the back of the shirt, they have all of the locations of the tour. And they all of those locations end up being locations that in the game you end up visiting. Um, so they do a really good job of not only like immersing our, like the audience of the show into like, okay, this is 2003, but also like doing those subtle nods back to the game. Um, so that was really cool. But uh, now we see her in her classroom um, and Oh my lord, there's so many subtle things that you do not even notice that happen like in this scene. Yeah, you know? I didn't notice it until you told me about it. Yeah. I was like, what? It's crazy. So you later on learn, because at this point in the show, they haven't talked much about the virus. Um, like You kind of see um, Sarah a little concerned about the news and stuff like that, um, but they haven't talked much about it. But in this scene with her in the classroom... She's, you know, riding with her teacher, and then she sees this glare, like, distracting her on her paper. Yeah. And she looks up, and, she, like, it's coming from one of her classmates, like, bracelet, because their hand is moving. And in my brain, the first time I watched this, I was like, why are we focusing on this bracelet? Like, what's so important about this bracelet? Like, it made no sense to me. But I later on found out that it was, uh, a friend of mine told me that it's a nod towards the fact that, like, crap is about to go down with this outbreak because those are signs of um, like people being infected. Those so, are signs of symptoms. Yeah, too. exactly. So this person is like twitching and then right after you see them twitching, um, we see we hear them uh, coughing in the background. So the little subtle details are kind of mind-blowing. Um, I, like I just would never have noticed it. Um, 
But I think from here she leaves school and she goes to this clock shop and she gets Joel's watch fixed. Um, and we see these uh, foreign shop owners talking um, and they kind of like push her out in a rush, like as they yeah. also see all of these like um, sirens and ambulances and police officers fly by. Um, so you can tell, you can kind of tell like things are starting to go downhill, like something's not right. Right. Um, and all the characters in the show can kind of tell. And it also, um, these people are from Lebanon. And so you kind of have an idea that, you know, they get this phone call, or at least the wife does. She gets this phone call and she's like, hey, I'm assuming that maybe it's from like someone back home that's mm-hmm. like, hey, this stuff is getting bad. Yeah. Like you guys need to be prepared. Um, and she like, pushes Sarah out practically. Uh, so Sarah goes home and um, I believe the next scene she ends up being with um, with her neighbors. Um, and this is when, again, we start to see like just this like creepy stuff start to unfold. Um, or, oh no. Okay, so she's actually goes home with, uh, with Joel. Or no, yeah, she's at the neighbor's. She's she goes to her neighbor's house. Yeah. And she spends some time there and you know, they bake some cookies and it's just a huge emphasis on like something is not right uh-huh. with this old lady, right? Um but uh, I think that's the majority of what I gathered from this time was just like this old lady is not right, you know? Yeah. So we see um, just little signs. We have to talk about it. The the scene with her looking on the shelf at uh, the DVDs, right? Because she ends up grabbing a DVD to watch for a movie with uh, Joel later that night. And we see this old lady in the background, like, contort and, like, start to, like, move. And her mouth opens. And, it like, it's crazy looking. When I first watched this, I was freaked out. Dude, like I said, old people kind of scare me. So the fact yeah. that, like, she's doing all that, it, oh, yeah, her face. It's, like, it's scary. It, it was it was really creepy. But we, we leave there knowing that something is not right with this lady. Like, it's confirmed. Something is not right. And then um, Joel and Sarah watch this movie together. They finish their night. Um, Sarah falls asleep. Um that's also when she gives the watch to Joel. And this is like one of those moments where it's like word for word, like scene by scene, shot by shot, exactly like the game. Like he's like, where'd you get this money from? And she's, uh, she's like, oh, I, I sell hard drugs and all this stuff. And then uh, Joel pranks her and like holds the watch up to his ear. And he's like, it's not working and all this stuff. Like, and that's all like exactly from the game. So that part's kind of cool. Um, but then Joel gets a call. Um, I think it's Tommy. He's in jail or something like that. He goes and picks him up. And on their way home, um, two different things are happening. So they're on the way home, and they're realizing, like, crap's going down. And while they're on the way home, Sarah is experiencing all this crazy stuff, right? She sees the dog come to the window, and she's like, what is going on? She tries to take the dog back to the neighbor's house, and, like, she knows something's not right. And in my opinion, why would she go into this house? I know some people are curious, but I would be not. I would not be going into that. And the house. fact that the uh, like the broadcasting system, like yeah. it said, stay inside. Yeah. it said that some. That's what bothers me in like film. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, you want story and stuff, but like, 
Children are stupid in movies yeah. and shows. Like people just act. It's like don't go in that room. Don't go in the closet. It's the killer's in there. Yeah. But this kid's like, hey, I'm gonna go in this house. Make sure. It's these- like that Fiat commercial where they're like, um, the girl's like, we should just uh, get in this running car and like leave. There's like a killer. And are then, you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go hide hide behind and all the chainsaws. <laughs> you know, it's head this, for the cemetery. Yeah, it's exactly that. So. I agree. I just don't know why she would go into this house, but this scene is crazy. She goes into the house, and when she opens those doors and steps yeah. on the blood, I like I was yelling at my TV. I was like, "You have to leave!" Um, so that was crazy. And then she sees uh, the husband of this old lady like on the ground, like yeah. blood all over him. And I think he tells her like to help him and all this stuff, but. If you really think about like the process that takes place when they get bit by these things, like he's turning, like he's yeah. in the process of it, like it's completely t- taking over his body. And then she looks over behind the counter, and the old lady that was taking care of the older lady that was sick is on the ground being like fed on by the crazy infected old lady. Um, and it's, it's so the same creepy. old lady that was like jittering in the wheelchair. Yeah, right? it's yeah, it's crazy. And when she lifts up her face, you see these like fungal tendrils coming out of her mouth, and it's disgusting. Um, they did such a good job of emphasizing, you know, how this virus is. Or yeah, I guess so. It's not a virus, but like this fungal disease is spread. Um, in the video game, it's like a uh, airborne bacteria, and they wear like gas masks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but in this, uh, they really emphasize that like you know it's being passed on by one another through like these like tentacle crap coming out of their mouth yeah. to one another. Off um, topic though, have you seen Avatar? I have. You know the uh, like the ponytails? yeah their hair. That's what the tendrils remind me. Yeah, of. but like even more nasty. Yeah. That's a, a fair comparison. But then we see them, uh, you know, Joel knocks this old lady down, and then they hop into the truck in a rush to get out of here. Sarah's freaking out, as she should. She's right. a kid, you know, and um, Joel's trying to comfort her. They get in the truck. They drive out of here, right? And again, this is another moment, like you said, shot for shot, like yeah. just like the game. So it's so well done. I mean, it really, like, immerses you into the chaos. And then they get downtown, they're trying to get out of town, and they see this, like, you know, all these airliners above them, like, going out of control, and then there's one massive one that just right into the ground, right in front, right behind right. all of them, and it makes all of them crash. Uh, the, like, I think one of the front wheels of the plane, like, flies by and is what causes uh, Sarah and Joel and Tommy to crash. Um, and from there, they get separated, they're trying to just get out of, like, away from all these people. Um, and, like, I think one point that you can see in this is my buddy was talking to me about it, and he was like, it's crazy how, like, you know, when you think of, like, zombies. I know these aren't, like, the same thing. They're not, like, walking dead zombies. Yeah. But, like, when you think about that, though, when you think of, like, the idea of a zombie, you think of how slow they are when they move. Yeah. But these things are, like, full-on sprinting. Dude, you know these things are like lunging and jumping yeah like watching that uh the one chase him through uh the, the shops that he was walking through while he was carrying her yeah like i was like oh my goodness these things are flying um they remind me of like the world war z zombies you yeah know? like 
they were fast. They yeah. were jumping, climbing up buildings. It's scary. So we see all of that happen, and then he's still carrying her, and they're saved by someone in the military, uh, in the army, and you're like, oh, thank the Lord. Like, they're saved. And it, I actually found out that um, army person that saved them is a cameo from the director of the show, which was kind of cool. But um, they get saved, and then he gets a call, and he's like, hey, like, obviously on the other end, they're like, you got to kill these people, you know? Like, it's the only way to stop this stuff from spreading. They don't really know for sure if they're not bitten. Right. And so this dude uh, opens fire and um, hits Sarah, um, which is, like, huge character-building point for Joel right. and all this stuff. And she ends up dying, right? Didn't uh didn't Tommy like block yeah the, uh, like he knock over the yeah well the military yeah the dude was about the military dude was about to kill Joel and then Tommy shoots him and saves them yeah or saves Joel um, and then uh, as soon as Joel finds out that Sarah's dead one little one little thing you get to notice is his watch like stops on the time that she dies which is pitiful uh, I never knew like noticed yeah that. they like they have a little shot where you can see him holding her. And you can see his watch with the holes in it, and it's like stopped at the time he died. I bet his watch got hit somehow, but um, that's kind of the end of this opening of the show. And so then we move into Chicago. Uh, people are infected. They focus on this little kid. We find out that this little kid ends up being infected as well. Right. So when I was watching it with my friend, first off, with the whole like uh, back to like the whole like breakout happening. It's taking place in Texas. My friend is from Texas. Mm -hmm. He's like making jokes. He's like, yep, that's exactly what traffic looks like every day in Texas. I'm like, oh, wow. But um, yeah, the 20 years later thing, um, we were just like, we thought that kid walking mm -hmm. was Ellie for a second. We're like, oh, wow, look, it's Ellie. We're like, is that a, that's a, no, that's a boy. We're like, yeah. oh, wow. I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl in the beginning either. Um, but this is how they introduce, like, essentially how this, how the whole, um, world is functioning now right so um, it's it gives me almost like not maze runner vibes but like everyone's blocked off right and they're in these uh, these own like designated quarantine like cities right um, and that's where the um, the FEDRA government is the federal disaster response agency those are the people that are kind of like the government at this point um, and they're enforcing all this stuff, and we see, you know, that kids up be, being infected. Yeah. Um, and Joel's working the job, the the hard job that he gets paid well for. Yeah. Um, where he's dumping these bodies into the burn pit and cleaning all of that up, um, and we kind of see um, this emotional connection between the other woman that he's working with and that kid. My guess is that they may have been related. I don't know, because the kid was walking by itself. Like, Yeah, but people get separated, dude, you know? Yeah, but I feel like the mom, like, if you lost a child and, like, you finally saw it again, like, it would be more than just a, you know, I yeah, can't, I can't. Bury Yeah, this. that's true. I it, feel like she would have just, like, she probably lost a child or she just, like, it was very sensitive Yeah, maybe the kids. fact that it's a kid, that's a good point. But, yeah, she, she has a hard time, and this is just an emphasis on, like, the crap that Joel's been through. Like, he, he just he just picks this kid up, tosses him right in the fire, you know? Right. Um, but then we see... Um, it just uh, resembles how hardened he's become in this yeah, world. It's very true. I mean, I feel like it's hard to not become that way in this type of environment. Yeah. Um, but then we go through this new environment that they're in, and we see Joel um, selling 
prescription drugs and all this other stuff to um, one of the FEDRA officers. Um, and he's like, hey, I want the baggie back. And I think that's just more of an emphasis on like how supplies are hard to come by, especially right. like something that's not uh, like tattered or torn or something like that. Um, and then after we see Joel doing business like that and we see like his, his need for this money and he also gets a little bit of information from the guy, I think, right? Yeah. Um, I can't, what was the information? I think it had, it has something to do with the fact that, yeah, they're talking about the car that oh, Joel's yeah, trying to get. to get a car and get out yeah. of there. And so we hear about the car and how they need a battery. And then we cut to uh, a scene that introduces us to, um, a guy named Robert and a woman named Tess. And these are both, um, characters that Joel has worked with. Tess is kind of like the woman he's constantly with and, um, Robert is like an old business partner and we find out that Robert has kind of double-crossed um, Tess and Joel and um, has sold the battery. Um, Tess ends up trying to come home um, but gets caught up in some uh, like firefly stuff. Aren't they called the fireflies? Yeah. And that's kind of like the local militia counter like government. The like resistance. Yeah, thing. resistance that's been created. Um, and she gets caught and brought in just because she's in the wrong place, wrong time. Right. Um, and she gets back, uh, and before she gets back home, um, we get introduced to the Firefly's hideout where they're holding Ellie, you know, introduction of the next main character. Um, and we see that, like, they're holding her captive, and we don't really know why. Um, and then we cut to um, Joel going to the radio station. And he's trying to find more information about uh, his brother Tommy, um, and uh, he's like he's concerned. It's been three weeks since he's heard from him. He he wants to know that he's okay. And I feel like at this point Tommy's kind of all he has. It you is. know, he lost his daughter. I think didn't he? I think, I'm guessing he lost his wife before the whole outbreak. And yeah. Then, like, I, yeah. Tommy's all he's got left until he meets Ellie, basically. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they're not even like close then he does not like ellie at all no not definitely not in the beginning of this um and so we find out that joel is just getting bad news from this guy at the radio station and i think it's funny because he like pays this guy in the cigarettes and the guy who's getting paid at the radio station knows he's just going to give him bad news so he takes the payment first and then he's like yeah we haven't heard anything <laughs> um and then uh he's like yeah it's been three weeks or whatever and then you know, Joel goes home angry, and he is drinking, and um, he's getting high off of these pills that he has, and he's making a plan to go save Tommy, right? Right. Um, and then uh, he wakes up, and Tess is there, and he sees the bruises on her face and all this stuff, and they're like, okay, we know who did this. Let's go get Robert. And so this then continues them into finding information about where Robert is, um, and uh, so they go underground and the sewers which I think is kind of funny because the, at the very beginning when he's getting like the job opportunities um, mm -hmm. after he's like dumping all the bodies they're like hey you can do the sewer job so I think that that's a little bit of like a nod at like hey like this dude's doing all these hard jobs that he like has his hands in everything Yeah. so like Joel's very resourceful and so they go through the sewers and they work their way up into this building um, and that's our first time seeing like a fully infected like person, right? Yeah. Um, there's like a, an infected corpse on this wall and they're like, you can tell they're freaked out by it at first. Um, 
And so that was kind of crazy. But then we move into them trying to open this like false door um, in the building. And on the other side of the door is Robert's body. So Robert's dead. And you're like, well, and then wait, that was Robert. Yeah. Robert's like dead on the ground. Oh, and they find out that um, the battery he was trying, he double crossed Joel and Tess and is trying to sell it to the fireflies. But he again, double crossed the fireflies and tries to kill them. And there's a shootout and I'm guessing the fireflies kill him. And uh, the leader of the fireflies is wounded and all this stuff. Uh Um, And so um, they're like, hey, Fedra's about to be on the way. And somehow she has some sort of association or connection with Joel and Tess, Um, the leader of the Fireflies. I don't know how, but... I'm sure that if I had more memory of the game, we could figure out this connection, but she she understands how resourceful and capable the two of them are. Right. And so she's like, hey, I need you to take um, Ellie, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Ellie. Ellie. I need you to take Ellie... And I need you to like deliver them to my other people, and they'll give you what you need. Like they'll give you the vehicle, they'll give you guns, whatever you need. It's because they think she's like a, a cure kind mm-hmm. of like she has immunity to it. Yeah, and so and we we figure that out later as the show continues forward. She ends up having um, to tell them, and it's kind of like the big reveal at the end of the episode, right? Right. And so. Um, we keep going, and Joel and Tess agree to taking her, and there's a brief scene where they're waiting in Joel's house, Joel and Ellie are, and there's this radio playing, and the radio is playing uh, different songs, and Ellie finds this book, and the book has like the decades of music and yeah. um, different like codes for it, and she figures out that um, they're playing 60s, 70s, and 80s songs, right? And so um, the 60 songs mean that there's nothing new, and that's written on the page. And then the 70 songs say that new stock is in, and that's also written on the page. But then there's the number 80s, and there's nothing written on the page to like explain like what's going on in there. And so when Joel wakes up, she says, oh, hey, like this song played, and she sings an 80s song. And he, he looks like troubled. Right. And that's when she figures out, she, you know, she was lying to him, and she was trying to figure out what the code meant. And she finds out that that means like, you know, dangers coming, you know? Yeah. Um, which is a, an important thing to note as we get to the near of the end of this episode. Um, and then uh, time passes. Joel, Ellie, and Tess set out on their journey. They go beyond the wall. Um, it's nighttime. They're trying to be sneaky. They're trying to sneak around the perimeter of it. And they get caught by the same guard that, um, Fedra guard that Joel was selling drugs to. Yeah, and so immediately he's like he's very frustrated that guard is, and he's like, "No, we're doing this by the books," and they're trying to bribe him out of it. And he's like, "No, like I can't have this happening." And the then, uh, the guard was about to shoot uh, Ellie, wasn't he? Yeah, but he didn't want to like, uh, what's the word? Just he didn't want that to happen again, basically. Yeah, with uh, his older daughter. Yeah, and so there the guard. I think what what happens is Ellie stabs him. That's what happens, is Ellie stabs the guard in the leg because she got this knife from uh, the Firefly leader. I'm forgetting her name, but she stabs him in the leg. And um, Joel sees, like you said, Joel sees him about the guard about to shoot Ellie. 
and he like a, immediately it's that idea of that flashback it was a deja vu kind of mm-hmm. like he doesn't want that to happen again exactly that memory of the flashlight pointing at him and this young girl for him he thinks of his daughter Sarah right and so he's like I can't let this happen again just like I you think said. that was just kind of like a basic instinct like mm-hmm. hey like I don't want another like child to die yeah you know and so he jumps on this dude and he beats this guy to death just straight up he just beats the crap out of this guy and then they get up, and Tessa's like, we have to get out of here. Um, oh, crazy thing, though. We forgot. What? Right before um, she stabs him, he's scanning all three of them for the virus. Uh-huh. And he scans Ellie, and that's when she stabs him. And so you don't get to see that, like, the, um, like the reading on the scan until the whole, like, fiasco is done. Oh, and wow. Tess picks up the scanner and is like, Joel, like she's positive, like she, like she's infected. And then that's when we learn, like for real, that like you know, Ellie like was bitten a long time ago, but it's been three weeks and she hasn't been infected at all. And so there's this idea and this like possibility that she could be a cure, right? Some part of her, you know, genes, whatever it is, should could be a cure. Her immune system. Yeah, and so. Um, they end up leaving, and right before the episode ends, it cuts back to Joel's apartment, and we see the um, the radio turn on, right? Yeah. And it starts to play um, a song called Never Let Me Down Again by Martin Gore. Um, and uh, I had to look this up, um, but it turns out that's an 80s song. And so in that moment, we can kind of gather that, hey, dangers near yeah. you know um so i think i think this episode was fantastic it was a good like introduction to like the whole series yeah it was a very slow episode like throughout the whole thing but it was really good like throughout like it yeah. kept you watching i think it was paced really well i think it did a really good job of introducing us to not only the characters and developing them a little bit but also this new you know environment and atmosphere that they're put in because of this outbreak yeah. Um, and then also I think that they did such a good job of taking what the video game was and turning it into a TV show Yeah. because you know when you're playing a video game you want to play the video game you just don't want to sit there and watch cutscene after cutscene after cutscene for sure so there's like a huge portion of this show that was just like a lot of fighting and just different things that are happening and they did a good job of balancing what to include what not to include Um, like even little things like their issue with Robert in the yeah. uh, video game is like they're trying to get um, cash and guns. There's nothing to do with the battery. And then there's like a huge portion of the game where you're like trying to find Robert and you're fighting people. So um, they did a good job of like figuring out what to leave in, what to take out, what um, creative liberties to take. Um, so I was satisfied. I really liked it and I'm excited to continue to watch it. I enjoyed it too. Um, I was really looking forward to the next episode because it already came out mm-hmm. and I was like oh wow I'm really excited to watch this next one see where it leads to yeah it's a show that is very difficult not to binge so yeah but yeah I enjoyed it um, I'm excited to watch the next one and to uh, review it as well oh yeah me too so yeah thanks for listening